Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome to From the Bleachers. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the Bleeding Green Nation Radio Podcast Network. It's not a victory Monday, it's a somber Monday throughout the Philadelphia area after last night's disappointing, crushing, heartbreaking, whatever word you want to use, evening in Philadelphia as our Philadelphia Eagles lost to the Seattle Seahawks 17-19. And what's going to be synonymous with this game for the rest of my life as an Eagles fan. It'll be take its place inside Eagles lore right alongside, you know, Randall Cunningham's injury in 1991. One of those huge what if moments. What if Jadavon Clowney does not illegally cheap shot Carson Wentz in the first quarter of that game? Carson Wentz has sat idly on the sidelines the last two years in the postseason watching Nick Foles go three and one of those four postseason games and become the toast of the town. And then this year starts all 16 games for the second time in his career. His first time since his rookie year back in 2016. He does that. He overcomes massive adversity, whether it be his lack of talent at his skill position players between Greg Ward, Deontay Burnett, Boston Scott, and the rest of the Island of Misfit Toys, as well as a tumultuous locker room situation at times between the comments, assumingly by Nelson Aguilar and Alshon Jeffrey and the reports from, I guess, the new public enemy number one in town uh, outside of Clowney and uh, ESPN Josina Anderson. Uh, all of those reports from her that she certainly seems like a mouthpiece for Alshon, but we can get into that a little bit more in a minute. But that was just so rough. He threw four passes. This was supposed to be his coming out party. This was his first playoff game. The season to me was a success. Because he was going to finally get playoff experience. That one thing that he so desperately lacked in his career. The one thing people have faulted him for ever since he sat on the sidelines during the Eagles Super Bowl run in 2017. Because I don't want to hear – I going into this game, I knew I wasn't going to have to hear anymore from Cowboys fans, from Giants fans, from whoever on the internet saying Carson Wentz hasn't even started a playoff game. Carson Wentz, it's his fourth year and he hasn't even played in the playoffs. And it was finally, finally Wentz was going to get that – monkey off his back, that devil off his back, and finally be able to play in a postseason game and do well and showcase his massive talents and his magic in the pocket. Because we would do that for a national audience against a great coach and Pete Carroll and a team that's dominated over the last decade in the NFC and the Seattle Seahawks. It was supposed to be his game. It was supposed to be his afternoon, night, whatever you want to call it. And Clowney took that away from him. He took it away from all of us. Now, I'm not someone who at the time thought that Clowney should have been ejected or kicked out of the game, but not even a flag. Not even a flag for that. Are you kidding me? And that guy seemed to revel on it afterwards. I mean, he's always been kind of a dirty player. Like, I I wanted the Eagles to acquire him back, you know, in training camp in August whenever he got dealt. And the fact that the cost for Clowney was so little, it was like a third or fourth round pick or fifth rounder and a backup linebacker for a player of his talent who... When the season's been on the line for Seattle, 
as it was the last month of the season, as it was yesterday, that guy played well, that guy balled out, and the Eagles didn't have a player like that to kind of be a game wrecker. They certainly didn't have a player capable of injuring or even getting up to Russell Wilson. Not that I want anyone to be specifically injured. Man, that was just rough. And then to watch DK Metcalf have seven catches for 160 yards and a touchdown and the nail in the coffin at the end of the game against the Birds as he averaged a whopping 22.9 yards per catch while J.J. Ortega-Whiteside sat on the sideline with his thumb up his butt uh, and garnered zero total targets throughout the game. I kind of want to keep talking about Carson, but I'm all over the place, and I keep coming back to the front office miscues, and I've harped on the Ortega-Whiteside pick a million times. I've harped on Nelson Aguilar's fifth-year option getting picked up, you know, the lack of adequate drafting in the first round over the last several years. It just adds up, man. It adds up. They were able to overcome all of those deficiencies because of Carson Wentz in December. Now, let's not forget September to November were infuriating and hair-pulling out events. We have to give credit to the way they fought at the end of the year. We have to give credit to the coaching staff. Doug Peterson in particular, Jim Schwartz as well, who always, always coaches phenomenally at home. That's the second time this season he's led up only 17 points to a Russell Wilson-led offense. To only lose by a score with Josh McCown in there. If Carson Wentz played, he would have won. He would have won. That last drive, he would have got it. Josh McCown, admirable performance. Given the circumstances, great performance. That's his little, he's 40 years old. Talk about Carson Wentz never had playoff experience. That's the first time he's ever gotten game time, ever seen action in a playoff game at 40 years old. And he did okay. This is, I'm not really a hot take guy. I'm just kind of, you know, voice of the fan base, just let things off my chest. But this is my hot take. If Doug Peterson had a week to prepare Josh McCown to play yesterday, the Eagles would have won. You know, they only lost by a score that was 4th and 7 going in in the 4th quarter. If they convert that, they tie up the game, get the 2-point conversion, and it's a tied game. Wentz would have done that. Thanks, Clowny. Thanks, you clown. Oh, man. And then Metcalf goes off, and it was just supposed to be Wentz's moment. All those people, all those fans who have defended him at every turn since that fateful day in Los Angeles in December 2017. It was for us. It was for Carson. It was our time. It was where all our faith in him was going to be rewarded. We were going to watch him put the team on his back with this crap supporting cast and win a playoff game single-handedly at home with alongside the fantastic coaching of Doug Peterson. And he was going to beat a great coach, a Super Bowl winning coach, and Pete Carroll in doing so. And it didn't happen. He threw four passes. Four passes. And his playoff season was over. His game was over. The season was over for the team from the moment Clowney went down on him. It was cheap. It was cheap. Four passes. That doesn't even count. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, people are saying like, oh, well, maybe the Eagles are better off losing the division, getting the higher draft pick and making changes to the team. You know what? A playoff game is a playoff game. I want to see the Eagles play in a playoff game, even if their Super Bowl odds aren't great. I want Carson Wentz to finally get his first playoff start. I want him to finally get his first playoff experience. I would have rather lost that game by three or four scores and had Carson Wentz on the field all the time, taking his lumps, getting used to the playoff atmosphere, getting used to playing against a great defense in the playoffs. Even if they lost, he would have had that. He would have had an offseason to hang on that. There would have been no more talk of he's never played in the playoffs. He's never done anything in the playoffs. Yeah, maybe he would have lost. Maybe he wouldn't have played great. But in the worst case scenario, other than this catastrophic injury, we didn't get in it. We didn't get it. We were robbed of it. Wentz was robbed of it. And to think people are saying he's injury prone, he didn't blow out his knee again. He didn't hurt his back. A dude cheap shot at him 
and got a concussion. How's that injury prone? It's not a guy who has 100 concussions in his career. It's not some hockey player with seven or eight concussions in his past. He got a cheap shot. He got rung up. And it's for his safety to not go out there. It's fun that he didn't go out there. It's fun the team didn't clear him. His brain needs to work. One game. He has his whole life ahead of him. He has his whole Eagles career ahead of him. Oh, man. I wish I could curse on here. I'm not going to. But it was. it should have been our game. Miles Sanders performed admirably. Boston Scott did well in limited time. Zach Ertz, I don't know how. Like, I, I don't know anything about medicine. I'm not a doctor, obviously. But I just felt like Zach Ertz played yesterday one hit away from potentially seriously injuring himself. And I don't know if I'm just being over the top, but hyperbolic, whatever have you. I feel like he could have died out there, right? A lacerated kidney. If he gets one huge hit in the kidney, that ruptures. I, I don't know. That could be it for him. And he played and he had 44. He had two catches for 44 yards. Now, is that like a great Zachary performance? No. But the fact that he went out there because he knew the rest of the supporting cast stunk and he put himself out there and he played through that. Maybe it was stupid. Maybe it was short-sighted. But I have nothing else to do but respect it because it's admirable. That's courageous. And again, maybe a little foolish, but I can't help but respect it. So thanks, Zach. You tried. You tried to bring this team along. It was going to be you and Wentz taking them to the next level, taking them to the next round of the playoffs on offense. And it's a damn shame. It's a damn shame that you weren't 100%, that anyone else on this team was 100%, that Wentz wasn't in there, that Doug didn't have a play, didn't have a game plan based around having Josh F. and McCown at quarterback. Again, if, if, I think even if he has the game plan for McCown, not even the reps all week in practice, they could have done it. Because those practice squad guys, they had reps with him all season. Because he's the backup. All the backups were in. Hell is open and all the backups are here. I don't know, man. What do we do? You got to make some changes. Uh, coaching staff for sure. Uh, personnel. Uh, Aguilar is gone. I don't see how you bring Alshon Jeffrey Brack. Total, where there's smoke, there's fire move between him and all the Josina Anderson reports. Josina Anderson's passive-aggressive tweets yesterday. She just has, he, he has to go, I think. And it's going to be incur huge cap fines by doing so and really mess up their cap even more than it might be. I know Howie Roseman is built as a salary cap wizard. You're a wizard, Howie. But I don't know how he's going to get himself out of that one. They might have to attach an asset. The Eagles do have 10 draft picks in this upcoming draft to lighten the load on how much they incur a cap hit from him. They might have to trade like a fifth or a fourth with him for a sixth or something like that. I feel like it sucks. They're going to need a whole new receiving core. Uh, Deshaun's back, I'm guessing, because he's impossible to cut with his contract. Either it'd be great if he took some sort of discount uh, to help out the team's cap. Yeah, I'm all for players getting as much money as possible. But from the Eagles' perspective, they certainly like Deshaun to maybe renegotiate his deal a little bit. Uh, Ortega Whiteside, I don't think you can count on him for anything. You can't count on him to be a guy next year. Maybe he's your fourth wide receiver in the future. Uh, hey, pal, ask Matt Collins. Maybe you should take up special teams a little bit. So you got to go in round one. They got to get a receiver. Just draft someone who's fast and plays in the SEC or the Big 12, and I'll be happy. Just do that. Fast receiver, plays in the South. I'll take it. 21st pick, the Eagles select, fast guy, southern part of the United States. Just get a guy who runs a 4-4. The team around Wentz when he comes back, it's, it's obviously not an injury the way his back injury was last year or – the ACL injury the, the year prior, he's going to have all the offseason reps. He's going to have all the offseason training and everything. He'll be fine with the concussion. It's going to just silent him for a bit, but it's not like he's doing anything now anyway. 
Because the birds lost. Oh man, they they need to do so much. They have a lot of decisions. Is Malcolm Jenkins gonna be back? Are they gonna cut him? Are they gonna trade him? There's just so much going on. There's so much uncertainty around the team right now. But ultimately, you have to figure that the two most important figures uh, on the team and the head coach and the quarterback are in place. And as we saw this year, if the rest of that team kind of sucks and is kind of crappy and even if the front office isn't doing well and is mismanaging things, if you have a great quarterback, if you have a great head coach, an offensive minded one like they do in Doug Peterson, you can scrape together a playoff berth. And if things get a little bit better for the Eagles next year, if they have a little get a little bit more injury luck, Malik Jackson comes back and is healthy. If Deshaun can play most of the season, they hit on a wide receiver in round one. If they were hit on a couple other players on the defense in the little in the later rounds, in the middle rounds, if Andre Dillard can step in from Jason Peters and be, you know, a Pro Bowl caliber player, if he could just be, you know, a guy who's an above average starter at left tackle immediately, that's a huge win. That's an upgrade. Because then you'll have Dallas Goddard emerging a bit, Zach Ertz back healthy. They should be in a good position to win next year. All things considered, yeah. You know, Mike McCarthy's now the Cowboys coach. That doesn't scare me. That guy, he has a Super Bowl ring. He wasted the entirety of Aaron Rodgers' prime. Don't talk to me about Mike McCarthy. Ron Rivera for Washington, I think that's a solid hire. He's not amazing or anything, but he'll bring consistency. He'll bring stability to an organization that is known for everything but that. And ultimately, as, as long as Dan Center owns Washington... Uh, they'll never be a real contender or anything like that. But I do think, uh, you know, I think Dwayne Haskins is big time trash garbage. So, but I do think Ron Rivera will get that defense in order. You know, division games are division games. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Washington give the birds a little bit of trouble next year. I'm not saying they're going to win, but, uh, you know, Ron Rivera is a competent head coach. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This sucks, man. This is not the podcast I wanted to do, as I'm sure you guys are aware. I like bringing the energy. I like having fun. There's nothing fun about this. Yeah, I appreciate your listening and I'm kind of just using this as like a diary, a soapbox, just kind of venting right now. I don't, I'm not sad. I'm just kind of disappointed. I'm kind of feel a little bit numb. I'm not, it wasn't a heartbreaker for me. It was just like, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe we're going down this way. We're not going down swinging. We're not going down fighting. We're going down with Josh McCown because some dude took a cheap shot on our franchise quarterback. And it's so just frustrating. It's frustrating, man. I was at that game and once I got like the I saw Wentz go off and McCown's in and I looked at my phone and saw the, you know, check Twitter with all the notifications from the beat writers and national reporters and my heart sunk, man. Just like could feel it in my stomach and my gut. I'm just like, man, I'm I'm watching this loss. I'm gonna watch a loss. 
I got so hype here all day. I had a fantastic tailgate. I had some BGN readers, people who listen to this podcast, and people who check out my Front Broad Street with Love newsletter. You could find that out on patreon.com slash shameless underscore Clancy. If you want to read my newsletter, it comes in your email and news box, uh, inbox every morning, Monday through Friday. But had a great tailgate, had a great food, had Phil steaks dropped off, uh, a ton of cheesesteaks for everyone. Was able to bring some a breakfast stromboli and a breakfast pizza from Isabella's Pizza on Passion Gav. Uh, had like a scrapple egg and cheese and home fries stromboli, then a sausage egg and cheese and home fries breakfast pizza. They obviously went in five seconds. They were awesome. You know, like I talked about in the last podcast, I love walking into the stadium and I was talking to a couple BGN listeners and readers there. I said, just take this all in. It's your first playoff game. Just enjoy the walk to the stadium. Because win or lose, sometimes that's the best part of the day. That feeling of optimism, the feeling that anything could happen, the feeling that the world is at your fingertips, the, the feeling that the Eagles could go on a Super Bowl run, that it could all start here. This could be a magical day in Eagles lore. This could be a game that you're telling your grandkids you saw, telling your great-grandkids if you saw, if you're lucky, telling your friends every time they get drunk, hey, pal, remember that day we went to the Eagles first round and Wentz tore up the Seahawks in his first playoff game and they got a big win. And within mere minutes, we were robbed of that moment. We were robbed of a memorable day in our lives, a memorable day in Eagles history. What should have been a celebration, Carson Wentz, the franchise quarterback, guy who's gotten knocked around the last couple of years, whether it be on the field or in the media, was finally going to have his time to shine. It was finally going to be his day. You know, less than 10 minutes in, took a little cheap shot that went uncalled for a penalty, which was a betrayal on levels that no one has ever seen. We're just left kind of here being numb. I don't know what to say. It was rough. It was a it was a terrible game to watch live. I had to get. I couldn't wait to get out of the stadium and go home and just lie on my couch and you know crush a Powerade Zero and just unwind and try to forget about it. And I'm sitting here right now. I'd love for the Eagles to be playing. Uh, there is sort of a relief once the Eagles season's over. There's much as I'm a stressed out person normally, kind of an all over the place person certainly. Uh, very energetic. Very nutty, goofy, whatever you want to say. Uh, I think there is something to be said about once the off season hits, a little distresses me a little bit and can kind of relax and not be as high strung. But at the same time, would I rather the birds be playing right now? Would I rather be preparing us for a game in Lambeau Field on Saturday night or at Green Bay at Lambeau Field on Sunday night? Talking about the Sean Jackson's coming back, talking about how he's going to have two huge touchdowns. I would love to be doing that right now. I'd love to be talking about the Sean Jackson and Eagles playoff game. I'd love to be excited and amping you guys up and bringing that energy like I have for the last month and a half where those podcasts have been the best I've done all season the last couple of weeks. And for those who've listened to me all season, uh, I think I've improved along the way. Um, I love doing this podcast. Appreciate Michael Kist, uh, our producer. Uh, Brandon Lee Gown, our fearless leader at BGN, for giving me this opportunity. I loved it. I love all you guys that listen, people that tell me to listen to the pod and enjoy it. It means everything to me. And I really wish we would do. Obviously, the pod's going to stay on. It's going to continue on. But it is the off season, so I'm not going to have that immediate early in the week. You know, that rush of energy from Sunday's previous game and that optimism for what the game's coming up later in the week. That's not going to be here, but I'm going to do some interesting things for you guys. I'm going to bring some energy. I'm going to try to Keep you excited throughout the offseason. Uh, later this week, I will be recording an interview with a figure in the Philadelphia punk rock scene. Uh, 
big-time Eagles fan Dan Soupy Campbell of the Wonder Years will be joining the From the Bleachers podcast. Uh, I will be interviewing Dan on Thursday, and it should be out in the pod for next week. Obviously, things aren't as time-sensitive now because the birds aren't playing every week. But you know, I'm going to try to do some fun stuff this offseason with you guys. Maybe do some interviews with more famous people that are Eagles fans, people like Dan, people in the Philadelphia music scene that I'm going to have some connections to. Uh, maybe do some reader mailbags and you know, maybe bring on some guests. Maybe bring on my dad. He was on literally on Fox News at 7 a.m. on Sunday because he was literally the first person in line at the tailgate, at Stretcher a lot, the first car out there since 4 o'clock in the morning, just sitting in his car, taking a nap, reading the newspaper, I don't know, waiting for the game to start, waiting for a great day. And it was a fantastic day. I had a fantastic tailgate. Those listeners and readers that came by, thank you so much. Brandon Gowton, thank you for coming by. I had a fantastic time. And it was a great day, but you know, maybe have someone like that, just some Eagle super fans on. What if I bring that? Do something different. That's what I, I like to think this podcast is different than most Eagles podcasts. It's me flying solo. Uh, this is my Millennium Falcon. And just bringing you the emotions. I'm trying to give a voice to you know the typical Eagles fan, the typical Philadelphian, someone who lives and breathes and dies with this team every living waking moment as I do. And I'm sure tons and tons of you guys and girls out there do as well. Uh, so thanks for listening to this season. Podcast will still be going. I'm going to have a great interview this week. Uh, I haven't done a real big interview for the podcast yet. So I'm super excited to do that. Again, I'd love to you know, expand this and interview some more people. Uh, if you are a somewhat relatively famous Eagles fan and you're listening to this podcast, uh, Ryan Philippi, if you're listening to this podcast, Mark Hoppus, if you're listening to this podcast, please get in touch with me. I'd love to have you on the podcast. Uh, other than that, had a great season. Should have been a season from hell, and at times it felt like a season from hell for the first three or four months. But we ended on a high note the last month of the regular season. We'll remember that forever. They won the division title. They beat Dallas at home. We had a great season. Boston Scott, Greg Ward, they'll always be part of Eagles lore. We'll be telling our kids, oh, remember we had the Greg Ward season. You'll be telling your buddies, like, hey, remember that Greg Ward season? Greg Ward was unbelievable. We didn't get a Greg Ward touchdown pass. That's the one. That's my one regret outside of Wentz getting hurt is that they should have dialed up a trick play for Greg Ward. And Josh McCown. Josh McCown played receiver in the NFL before. How about that? A Philly special with Greg Ward throwing a touchdown to Josh McCown. What if they ran that on fourth and seven? That would have been ballsy by Doug. And I kind of wish they did. Maybe Greg would have scored. Maybe Greg Ward would be starting quarterback next week for all I know. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Greg Ward, I hope he's on the squad next year. Not on the practice squad, but the real team. And that double pass, Greg Ward touchdown throw... Uh, for me, for all the other people out there, I'd like to talk about it. Jeff McDevitt, some other friends on Twitter, some readers, some listeners. I hope we get that Greg Ward justice next year. He's back on the team as long with maybe he's thrown it to Henry Ruggs or C.D. Lamb or some other fantastic receiver that the Eagles get in the draft. But again, just to sign off, thanks for listening to the season, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, it's great to have this environment with BGN, to have this listenership, to have such a dedicated listenership, uh, not to mention all the readers who... Check our website daily and frequently and hourly, however you want to say it. Uh, if you want to keep up with me in the offseason, you can follow me on Twitter at Seamus underscore Clancy. As I previously mentioned, I do a subscription newsletter for $2 per month. I will send you a newsletter Monday through Friday morning, every single morning in your news box, probably around 9, 9.30, 10 a.m., uh, where I talk about the Eagles. So I'll do some offseason stuff with the Eagles this year. I'll talk about the Sixers. I'll talk about the Sixers a ton. Uh, as you follow me, if you want to follow me on Twitter, if you're familiar with my writing uh, throughout the years on Liberty Ballers, NBC Sports Philadelphia, Philadelphia Daily News, Philly.com, you're aware I'm a big Sixers guy. 
and also do some pop culture talk. I'm really into genre fiction, so was obviously a big Game of Thrones guy. I love The Mandalorian. Really digging The Witcher right now. Uh, all those kind of sci-fi, fantasy drama shows, thrillers. I talk about you know the latest TV shows. Uh, in the newsletter, I would do quick uh, reviews for different movies I watched during the week. Excited to see 1917, that new World War One film, this weekend. And if you sign up, you'll probably see a review of it in the pot in the newsletter next week. So sign up if you love my Eagles talk. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Hit me up if you ever had an Eagles game next year. If you had a Sixers game this year, hit me up. We could grab a drink. We could hang out and say what's up. Talk about the birds, Sixers life, being in Philly, whatever. We all we got. We all you need from the bleachers. Seamus Clancy. Have a fun off season, guys. I